0: don't need these on because I forgot my notes. I arrived just at church, it took me that long, got here, set my bag down and I thought, oh dear, where's my notes? And uh, I come up to the front and I said to Stephen and Denver, I forgot my written notes and Stephen said, praise the Lord. And I was thinking, I'm panicking, Lord. I can't get this week clip to open. Just hold it like that, is what that do. Um, anyway, we'll make a wee start. Uh, so, my name is Lynn Wilson. Um, I was born Lynn Anderson um, in 1975. I'm 46, coming 47. I think I've nearly lost track of the years. Um, my testimony is not a very eventful testimony. Uh, there are the testimonies which are very dramatic stories and um, tell of, you know, a lot of drama of how sin has really brought people, just has really done lots of damage in their lives before they came to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are others that, where Christians have lived through much adversity and have testified to the sustaining power of the Lord Jesus Christ in their most extreme, sad situations. But mine is really very uneventful. Um, But yet every conversion is precious to the Lord Jesus and there's rejoicing in heaven over every single sinner that repents, we read in in God's word. And uh, I was so blessed to be brought up in a Christian home. Um, As I look back over my life, I regularly thank God for his Um, just making me be born into a home where my mum and dad were both Bible-believing Christians and had trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own and personal saviour. That made such a difference in our home. Um, I had a very harmonious um, home life. My mum and dad um, got on well. We weren't brought up with lots of hostility in the home. It was a very loving home. But most of all, it was a God-fearing home. And we were taught the scriptures from an early age. And we were sent to Sunday school and brought to church. Uh, Lots of services. Tuesday night gospel bus uh, with lots of gospel. And I think I was about seven years of age when I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be uh, my personal savior. I knew that I knew. I'm so thankful that I was brought up being taught that I was a sinner. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All is everybody, and that included me. And I'm so glad that I was told that just as a matter of fact. It wasn't said in any accusing way. It wasn't any derogatory put down. It was just a simple fact, a spiritual fact the Bible teaches us of our human condition born under the curse of sin. And my mom and dad taught, taught me that in love because they knew that the only remedy for the sinner's sinful nature is the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What Anna was singing about. And that Jesus paid it all. And as a young child, um, I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be my saviour. Not just the saviour of the world, but to make his blood atone for me and to cleanse for me. And I remember my dad sitting down with me and sharing with me the scriptures and praying the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and to cleanse me from my sin. And you know, um, while I was I know that a big motivating part of that as well as a young child was uh, knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ would return again someday and I didn't want to be left behind either as much as I knew I needed to be cleansed from the sin but that was very much a, a part of the, the motivating uh, factor of that. So even if you're here tonight and you're six or seven or eight you too can know that the Lord Jesus Christ can be your personal saviour. Uh, I suppose skip on to the next um, significant stage that I can think of in my life. When I went to high school, um, I had no real desire to read the word of God. I had no desire to grow in my relationship with God. Um, I was just more influenced by then by the culture and those around me rather than my parents and the godly home and teachings that I've been brought up with. And I did start to fall away uh, from what I truly believed and I started to fall into sin, and um, I remember, in and about the age of fifteen, an opportunity arose for me to go and study, just for, or spend a short time in Germany with a known Christian organisation. And at that time was a time when I was encouraged by those that I was with to taste the things of the world, and I mean literally taste what the world had to offer. And uh, I suppose thought that I was missing out by what um, my unsaved friends were seemingly enjoying. And then that led to a period of my life when even I came back home and friends at school were starting to go to discos and um, just deceiving my mum and dad. say so that was shame and um, pretending I was doing other things but going out to places where I shouldn't have been. And yet I remember standing in the Belmont Hotel in Banbridge one night underage and knowing that I just did not fit in there. Uh, wanting to be like the rest of them who seemed to be having a good time, but knowing that it held absolutely nothing for me and that I had a real treasure in my heart in the gospel and being safe from that. And yet there I was trying to emulate the world. But I so thank God for, I mean, I always, my mum and dad, again, they weren't stupid. They knew what was going on and they knew that me and my brothers and sisters, I was the third of, of four children Um that we were starting to be uh, pulled away by the attractions of of sin. And they, along with other Christian parents in our church, got together for an extra prayer meeting um, on Thursday nights. Wednesday night was always our church uh, prayer meeting night, but they specifically met together to pray for the young people of our assembly. And, well, that was maybe a good bit, but they had been praying and praying. And um, in and around... The spring, when I was 16, uh, our youth fellowship and church organized a missionary weekend, and it was Chuck Ebron, US um, evangelist in Northern Ireland, who was the speaker. And um, to this day, I still don't remember what Chuck preached about. Um, But I remember, I remember the Holy Spirit taking a deal in, in my heart and speaking deep into me. And let uh, not find the, the scripture here now because I had this all noted down. So maybe look, you know the wee bit in is it like chapter six, I think, actually. Yes. Um, so I can't remember exactly what Chuck preached on, But since having read these words in the scriptures, this here was just what I felt the Holy Spirit of God saying to me. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the steam, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and he could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation hath built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Lord, Lord, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And I remember that night, hearing the voice of God, Lynn, you're either going to call yourself a Christian and make me Lord and do the things which I say, or else don't take my name anymore. And that night, I stood, I suppose, with a fork in the the road ahead in life. I could choose to... uh, Go in the broad way, the uh, the road that the crowd goes down, but that leads to destruction. Or I could choose the narrow way, that is the road less traveled, but that leads to eternal life. Do you know? As I heard Chuck just glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ and what He had done for me on the cross, my heart just responded in gratitude. And I remember that night just being so moved that I was moved to tears. Moved to tears because of what the Lord Jesus Christ had suffered so that I could live, so that I could no longer be a slave to sin, but that I could be free from sin, what he had suffered at the hand of man and at the hand of God His Father. And I was moved to tears. I was also moved to tears of shame. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that maybe my foray into the path of sin only lasted a few years and I never i never fell so deep as many people have to suffer such degradation but yet i knew what it was to have a heart that wanted self and sin over the lord jesus but that was the night i would call it of my my first surrender <laughs> and what a blessed night it was and i can remember my mum even coming in to pick us all up and stand and cry and go mommy what is wrong with me one. Well, Lynn, it's the Holy Spirit. And uh, thank God for a godly mum and dad who lived out the gospel before us and who shared the gospel and who prayed, prayed us all through into the kingdom. You know, God has been so good to me in my life. So good. Um, I have been blessed. I've had a blessed life. Um, I went on to get brilliant academic success i went to university studied got my dream job um, i worked first of all as a teacher for many years um i met denver a good man i've been blessed with a good marriage a happy marriage and then two children now, denver and i have had the privilege of leading anna and jessica to the lord and they've trusted him as their savior I mean, I, my cup is overflowing tonight. And, you know, this is the bit where I really wish I'd had my notes in front of me. Things that I wanted to say to just uplift the Lord Jesus Christ. But my life is just very ordinary. But I have an extraordinary saviour who fills every part of my life. And, you know, I have I have wasted opportunities. I haven't. You know, talk about the night of my first surrender. Bible tells us that we're like a living sacrifice. The problem with a living sacrifice is that we very often can get off the altar and uh, we can grow cold. And I suppose for years sometimes I've run hot and cold. But I can look back. Spring 2020, everybody remembers it. The world changed, didn't it? Lockdown, pandemic. And I even can look back over the past two years as a time of great blessing and happiness in my life because even though my business i was now no longer in teaching um left teaching to set up a business from home our business was closed down but i had time to spend even more time in this book and uh, you know there's only two things that last forever your undying soul and the word of god Those are the only two things that last forever. And I've realized over this past two years that I really must pour my life into both of those things, into human souls and the word of God. And suppose even just, you know, watching Denver's example, you know, rather than just having your quiet time, sort of ad hoc, I'll get round to it, you know, just to take that time first thing in the morning and give that first place to Jesus And that has been blessed in my life and it's been such a help. And just the realization, I suppose, you know, as as time went on and realizing that as well as this respiratory illness, which had affected the world, just a greater understanding of what was going on, what is going on in the background and how it's being used to bring about a new world order and even realize, I suppose I've been challenged to study more in scripture and to the end times and the prophecies, to learn for them myself and not just to go by what my church believes. And um, I do believe tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again soon. That motivates me to share the gospel with those around me. And I'm trying to take every opportunity to share the gospel and to gossip the gospel. And, you know, I look back over many people in my life that remain untold contacts at work, people that I've come into contact with that remain untold, but no more. I want to, like my late brother-in-law he passed away last year, who shared the gospel and shared his testimony at every opportunity the Lord gave him, and just to let others know that the day is nearly over, or that, the, the, I can't remember the scripture. I'm getting mixed up here, but that the Lord Jesus Christ return is soon at hand, and Do you mind if I can just read a wee short scripture here from um, Luke again? I was reading this this morning, Luke chapter 19, and I'll not read the whole bit, but Jesus is is, uh, speaking to his disciples and he teaches them a parable because he knows that they're expecting, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And they're expecting the Lord Jesus to do something extraordinary and to set up his um, powerful kingdom on earth. And he teaches them that that's not just going to happen just yet. He said a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he's teaching them that he's going to go away for a wee while before he comes to bring his kingdom but that he will return. And he called his ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come, or do business till I come. Use your talents until I come. Jesus was instructing them how to conduct themselves until he would return. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Now that's not his servants, this is the citizens of the country. And how that really applies to the citizens of this world. We will not have this man to reign over us. So somebody tonight and you're sitting in this meeting and you're saying, I will not have this man to reign over me. Well it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom He then commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then we read on how that the first servant, he had invested his one pound and he was able to give the Lord back 10 and the Lord rewarded him. And then the second servant, he was able to give the Lord back five and the Lord rewarded him. And then the third servant, he gave the Lord back his pound. And his excuse was that basically, well, Lord, I know that you're so powerful that, you know, you can do whatever you want. You're the one that brings the increase. And uh, we will all, if you're saved tonight, we will all hear the words, give an account when we stand before the Lord Jesus. When he returns to set up his kingdom, he'll gather his saints together first and we'll give an account. And I pray that tonight that I'm not the one Given the Lord excuses, but you know, just one wee final thought: the citizens that hated him says that after each one had, of his servants had uh, been dealt with, he said, "But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me." And you know, the Lord Jesus Christ will come in judgment when He comes with His earthly kingdom. And I believe that that's possibly even in our generation. And tonight, if you're not saved, if you're saying, I will not have this man to reign over me, please think of what you have to lose. Your soul is undying and it's precious in the Lord's eyes. And he does not want to judge you. God has punished his son on your behalf. If you will but humble yourself and apply the blood to your heart and life. My dad sat in my house last night, and I'll finish with this wee story. He sat in my house last night, and he said, Lin, and he started crying, remembering his father, who passed away very suddenly at the age of 59. He says, my dad didn't leave a testimony. And he sat weeping. He cried out, God, don't let my father be damned. He says, Lynn, I know I can't pray for the dead. If you're sitting here tonight and your sins are not covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't want them to reign over you, if something happens, your soul and you're ushered out into eternity, who's going to weep? And they can no longer pray if you're dead. So tonight I would just urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who longs. For every sinner to have him to reign over them, come to the Saviour. Anna's just going to sing a wee song now that really just sums up my testimony. Thanks, Anna.
1: When I think of all my faults and my failures When I consider all the times I let God down The mercy I have found, I could never. fond A broken heart is all I have to offer And yet it's a priceless gift to Him The bitter mark of sin will never fade away